0: so much for joining us for another episode of the katie helper show which you can hear every wednesday on wbai at 6 p.m that's wbai.org or 99.5 fm also find us on soundcloud itunes and facebook and on itunes rate us and review us this week's episode is great we talked to reporters at jelani from the intercept also you'll want to stick around to the end of the episode because we have some gems and outtakes for you Oh my god, did I just say that? (laughs) Did you
1: say the Katie Hopper home? This is the the Katie Katie Halper Home for wayward leftists and progressives, looking for a safe harbor in these uh, stormy seas.
0: In these stormy seas. This is the Katie—you know what? We've talked about sex work before on the show. We're not afraid to talk about it. Okay.
1: I I hear where you're going with that. The Katie Halper Ho. The Katie Halper Ho Ho Ho. Hey, uh, hey, hey. This is is, uh, continuing the war on Christmas. Yes,
0: exactly. That's the hoe I meant. Or a gardening tool, because I am a tool, and I I think of myself as nourishing. Are you
1: oxygenating the soil? I'm fertilizing the soil soil, You're right? fertilizing yeah, exactly. the soil. A lot of fertilizer coming so out of So much our fertilizer coming
0: out of every orifice, honestly. I'm, d- I'm just listening
1: honest. to y'all to see how you're going to navigate out of this month.
0: Well, this is the Katie Halper Show. I'm Katie Halper.
1: <laughs> Alright, and I'm Gabe Guadalupe Pacheco. Uh, here in the second seat at the Katie Halper show,
0: and of course uh, we're here with Reggie Johnson, our uh, engineer in chief.
1: Hello. So excited Hi. to see you this week, Guadalupe, Reggie. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Guadalupe. Yeah. 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 I learn something new every day. You yeah. know what? That's an Easter egg for any of our uh, I did not uh, know long-time that. listeners. I didn't yeah. know that. Just letting them find out wow. new things about me every wow. episode. Wow. You were
0: named after an Easter egg. Anyway, we're so happy to be here. It's a tough week. We've got some tough stories, but we are going to be talking with a fascinating guest, Zed Jelani, who is a journalist. Uh, really good journalist at the intercept you may have heard of the intercept the intercept of course is an online publication that um glenn greenwald founded and he's of course a very good uh, civil liberties journalist and an attorney so he's very extra smart about that he did a lot of good research into the bernie bros and how they're a myth so anyone who's writing about bernie bros i just want you to know you're either a liar or you're <laughs> ignorant so it's up to you you can call in and explain, say. Well, so,
1: some people, you know, they, they are able to found their writing careers on a myth.
0: On a myth, right.
1: You know, like yeah. uh, like Holocaust deniers.
0: Right. You, oh, I thought you were going to say like Holocaust writers who covered the Holocaust. And I thought you were coming as a denier, which you're not because we don't accept
1: that. It, right. That's I correct. Know, but Not a denier.
0: So we're going to be talking about some really hard subjects today, like the shooting that happened in Orlando and um, what's going on in politics, what's going on in the world of Islamophobia. But we thought we'd enter in, uh, just kind of ease our way into it with a new segment that we're going to do called Today in History. Maybe we should call it Today in story. What do we think? In our story. Today in our, our story. Okay, cool. We're pretty inclusive here. We're pre- very inclusive. So, yeah. um,
1: Oh, I get it. Our story. Yes. Okay, I, I get it. I'm slow on these things.
0: So, so June 15th. In 1752, Benjamin Franklin proved that lightning is electricity. Also, Woodrow Wilson, Prezi Woodrow Wilson, signs a bill incorporating the Boy Scouts of America, making them the only American youth organization with a federal charter.
1: And a pretty benign youth group. I mean, most yeah. most youth groups in history are not— Did they, not it, have anything a Nazi
0: Hitler youth group, <laughs> which, which our last pope, not our present pope, but our last pope was part of. Ratzinger. Ratzinger, Ratzinger. Yeah. And then, um, oh, I want to give a shout out to um, Massachusetts Bay Colony because in 1648, Margaret Jones is hanged in Boston for witchcraft, and it's the first such execution for the Massachusetts Bay Colony. But Boston always pushing the limits.
1: Yo, shout shout outs to our primitive traditions. <laughs> yeah, we've S-O. done we've done it here too. Uh, you know, just a little bit of femicide, no yeah, big deal. No NBD
0: NBD. NBD. We, we're internationalists at the end of the day. So that would like be to
1: considered a hate crime, right?
0: Uh, if you're witchophobic, I guess so. Yeah,
1: if you're against Wiccas. And Wiccas, I guess yeah. that would be considered a terrorist act as well.
0: Oh, we're gonna get into that. Hey, don't, don't, don't ruin hey. the. Yeah, okay. Well, uh-huh. hey,
1: you just. Hey. I know. Well, I'm, you know I'm what? At this, this is
0: actually another thing related, unfortunately, which is. But this is a good thing. In 1667, the first human blood transfusion is administered by Dr. Jean Baptiste Denis.
1: Not a Jehovah's Witness.
0: Not a Je- neither a Jehovah's Witness nor a Christian Scientist, oddly enough, and. Birthdays, we gotta wish a happy birthday to someone. Happy birthday, O'Shea Jackson, aka Ice Cube.
1: My favorite of the rappers whose name starts with Ice. Me too. <laughs> yes. Now another thing. Not to ice be confused Cube, with
0: Ice T. He's a terrible actor.
1: Well, <laughs> Ice T is terrible. Ice Cube is
0: a decent actor. Ice T is one of the worst actors I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, but you you still love watching him. I gotta watch. I gotta yeah. watch. I'll tell you this though. When he's ice on Cube, Law and Order SVU. I love all of his mm-hmm. albums. Uh, America's Most Wanted and uh, what's the other one? Predator. Oh, if, yeah. oh yeah, that's a it good was a one good too. Day. Not right. super predator, right. Which is a Hillary Rodham Clinton Hit. term. It's that's one, one of her hits, hits. Yeah, but just predator.
0: So on Sunday, a gunman killed forty-nine people and wounded uh, fifty-three at Pulse, an LGBT nightclub in Orlando, Florida, and it's the deadliest mass shooting in modern U.S. history. And um, more information has, become, has begun to emerge, and we're going to talk about that information with Zed Jelani. Is Zed, are you there? Yes. Hi, thanks for coming.
2: Yeah, it's great to be here, Kate.
0: Um, we, we know each other from on the internets, but we don't know each other in real life, so uh, we now know each other over the, the telephones. Very exciting. And as I said, Zed is at The Intercept, and you can find him on Twitter. What is your handle again?
2: Uh, it's just my first and last name, so uh, Zed Johnny, Z-A-I-D-J-I-L-A-N-I.
0: This guy, I mean, I see him on Twitter, and he's fighting the good fight, fights a tweets up a storm really gets in there we're going to talk about a lot of things with you because you're you're kind of a, a renaissance man uh of all things yeah, yeah. Political, right? I political so. right put up you can put yeah, maybe on, you say that on your website and you can quote me okay you know a renaissance man hat. hey finn katie halper you can even say the katie halper show said it do i have consensus in the room
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Sure. Cool. We, we reached quorum. Sure.
0: You've been following the updates about the shooting in Orlando. or you just? Are you mostly focusing on the responses of our great politicians?
2: No. I mean, I, mean, I think I've been I've been following both, um, just because I. I mean, they don't often have a whole lot of relationship to each other. I feel like, you know, politicians. They. I feel like they. You know, they have sort of preconceived narratives to this kind of event, right? And they sort of jump to the narrative. And sort of waiting for facts to come out or for investigations it's not necessarily right. the most interesting thing i them always. Right. Um,
0: so why? Yeah. Right. Why? It's like instead of finding out what happened, you just say what you the narrative that you would like it to fit into. And then whether or not that narrative is applicable, you've already kind of gotten into the into the um, ecosystem, into the ether. And um, that's really the point. Right.
2: I think it's most apparent in the presidential race. I mean, because you you sort of saw Donald Trump immediately come out and say, look, ha, I'm right. Look, this person, he's, he's, you know, of Islamic type origin. And I've been talking about that. Parents were from overseas, which is not, apparently, I don't think in any way a relevant fact, but, you know, he brought that up. Um, He said, talking about refugees, which is also not relevant to the situation. Um, It's basically, you know, he's just saying, ha, it's like, it's like what happens on Twitter. Normally it's like, when there's an event, everyone's like, how oh, this confirms my bias and ideology. Right. But now this is like spread to like presidential <laughs> politicians like Trump, who actually has sort of been raised through fire by Twitter. So it's kind of like he took his Twitter persona right. live right. into the arena. But like the problem is, the bigger problem is, and Trump is, you know, Trump is just a mad dog at this point. Just, I don't even think he cares about winning. He's just like going out there and doing stuff. But the problem is uh, many other people on the political spectrum reacted the same way. Um, many you know, there was actually a member of Congress, uh, Nunez, who today started penning, uh, pushing around a letter to his colleagues saying that, hey, look, the Orlando shooting shows that we shouldn't reduce FBI spying powers and surveillance powers.
0: We should, those up, powers right. are
2: really, really important. And look at what happened in Orlando, you know, right? And, right. And, and there's no evidence thus far that that would have helped in any way. Like, the FBI right. had already questioned and cleared this person, like, it wasn't a matter of like, not having enough surveillance, right? So. Right. Many people, unfortunately, have jumped on this bandwagon. Unfortunately, Trump is the most sort of colorful and entertaining and uh, obnoxious version and variation of that, but many people have sort of said, "Hey, look, this confirms my agenda." Oftentimes, their agenda has nothing really to actually do with what, what the event right. actually yeah. happened.
1: So, well, what about uh, Hillary Clinton also came in too, correct? And and uh, and and sort of pinned it on radical Islam.
2: Clinton sort of previewed her foreign policy strategy in re- response to this, you know, saying that, "Hey, we need to start looking at social media." How ISIS is inspiring people. We need to, you know, ramp up the air campaign. All these things, but like, again, like we don't know of any operational link between ISIS and the guy who did the shooting, and we honestly don't even know the real motivation for why he did the shooting. Like, we have like conflicting narratives based on right. anecdotes, based on like one or two facts. We don't even have the nine one one call that he made, right? You know, people have made requests for that, um so hopefully we can at least get that out of there. Maybe give us a little bit of clarity, but like we only have snippets of that, so like. It's really, It's really kind of absurd that Clinton sort of feels like she has to build an actual policy response to this when we we don't know what the policy we're responding to. So
0: at first, they were trying to pin the um, terrorist on the on the the shooter, right? Or pin the uh, pin Islam on the shooter, and make it about that. And then uh, after that, there, it came out that maybe he was actually gay and had maybe maybe frequented the nightclub that he shot people at but again as you pointed out no one really cared about confirming what had happened um you know the reality was secondary to the to the narrative patience carter who actually survived the shooting she said that he called nine one one and said he was carrying out the massacre because he wanted the united states to stop bombing his country and his parents he's from the united states he was born here but his parents are from afghanistan And according to um, Carter, he also said that this wasn't about – he asked if there were any African-Americans in the room and said that this wasn't about them. It was about really about the government bombing his country. And and you have an article that you wrote at the Intercept, and your article is called "Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton Call for Bombing ISIS After Orlando Shooting That ISIS Didn't Direct."
2: Well, I mean, the interesting thing—I mean, the interesting thing is that—and and neither Trump nor Clinton put out like a detailed plan for like, okay, this is what we're going to do in terms of bombing or ramping up this or helping the coalition that sort of thing. So it, it may be that both of them are just posturing politically, but it's still sort of a matter of like, without having any evidence that this guy had acted as part of ISIS. I mean, he may have mentioned something about ISIS on the 911 call is all we know. Um, but, you know, if everyone who who does that is a member of ISIS, that's like saying everyone at the karaoke bar is Taylor Swift, right, because of, you know, singing her that's, song or whatever. That's
0: offensive to ISIS, I think. I think you're going
2: to have to... <laughs> Maybe. Um, but no, but like, they're still, they're still stuck in a policy framework, anyway, of saying that, hey, if anyone anywhere in America does something violent and then they like say something about isis this proves that we you know we have to keep being tough we have to be engaging in actual warfare against the actual isis organization basically forever because that could happen you know this could be a trend like anyone who goes crazy and does something like this could just like say something about isis doesn't necessarily mean that we have to have an operational response against the actual isis organization which maybe didn't have anything to do with this and which actually, you know, it doesn't necessarily seem like it has uh, a military, uh, at least a U.S. military solution, right? Right. Right. And then,
0: right because as you point it, out, the bombing—bombing—is right. what I mean. This isn't just based on this anecdotal thing about this guy saying, "I'm going to kill a bunch of people because uh, the, the U.S. is bombing my country." I mean, we know that something that tends to radicalize people are bombings, that especially when they kill civilians, right?
2: Well, I mean, I I think particularly um, when when it's been studied with respect to what drive people in the West, um, maybe Muslim, migrants, or third generation citizens, um, I think it, it generally tends to be one of the key drivers, if not the key driver, of bringing uh, those Muslims into radical camps is that they generally believe that they are persecuted in some manner, and, and often that points to foreign policy.
0: What's interesting, though, is, is as you point out, it's like why the response is basically that both Clinton and Trump seem to be proposing is let's do more of the stuff that this guy actually said is the reason that he shot a bunch of people. I don't want to say. Well, I mean, okay,
2: yeah, there will be there will be people who will argue, well, this is appeasement, right? You either piece, do what right, they right. say or they kill you, right? right? But but here's the thing, here's the thing. Obviously, no, you don't you don't do that. But at the same time, you have to understand that. All these organizations, any mass political organization or any terrorist organization, is going to use grievances to recruit people, right? And those grievances that may have some legitimacy, you know, we should pay attention to them because we do want to deprive terrorist organizations of recruits. And that doesn't mean we do something crazy, like let's say someone says, "Well, I'm going to go shoot up a, a gay bar if you don't give me a million dollars," and we should okay, we should give into that, okay? But killing less people in general is a positive concept, right? right? And so that's the sort of thing that we should take into consideration and that we should understand that it can blow back on us and that it can be something that does right. help terrorist groups recruit. In fact, and I think with respect to how terrorist groups recruit in the West, it's either, you know, number two or number one, you know, in terms of what brings people into those organizations. And I think that's something we need to very seriously consider, and I don't think we consider that when we make foreign policy decisions
0: what do you mean, number two or number one? Well, I mean, uh, I you could say you could say that there are other
2: things. I mean, generally, social alienation, mm-hmm. uh, particularly that, that's probably a bigger factor in Europe than the United States. But you know, I think in many parts of Europe, Muslims just aren't accepted, and integrated in any way. I mean, they don't. They're sort of their religious traditions are attacked. You know, women in hijabs or right. men in skull caps, or uh, you know, they're ghettoized. They're very they're very isolated. They're not integrated in a way. I think that yeah. also could help lead to radicalization. But I think, you know, I think that foreign policy is generally one of the top, if not the top, um, things used for recruitment. And I think things that do cause people to feel radicalized because they feel like they are under attack, right? Right, Um, It's not too different. I mean, it's not too different than like, let's say, uh, you know, kids joining gangs, right? Mm -hmm. Like kids feel like you know, they can't get ahead of life, they're under attack, uh, they're, they get roughed up by other people or by police, and they say, hey, look, I, I can join this group and they'll protect me, right?
0: Right. Right. Yeah, I, mean, not, I think that what you're yeah, saying— Yeah, not the same, but— Right, but totally there's, some, there's some parallels. And it's, people are so, so quick to judge any kind of understanding or curiosity about why people do the things that they do. They conflate that with some kind of capitulation, appeasement, um, anti-Americanism, and it's just absurd. It's like, you know, you're letting the terrorists win. Like, no, actually, what lets the terrorists win are uh, when we ignore what we're doing that may be uh, creating conditions that— Foster
2: certain things. Well, well you know, yeah. it's very interesting, and, and this has been somewhat relitigated in the, in the presidential primary. Is that in the 1990s, uh, you know, we, we all know, now know of Clinton's remarks about super predators and so on and so oh, forth. Oh, yes. But she, she literally said in that speech that we, you know, we don't have to think, we shouldn't think too hard about, you know, where, why they're that way, where they come from, or having, you know, empathy with, with, with. Right. Right. She said we you know, we just need to crack down, we need to bring them to heel. And I think that same mentality is being applied to terrorism, right? Where we don't care that much about root causes. We just need to have that gut instinct of fighting back, of beating them, of getting revenge, those sorts of things. But the problem is then you're playing whack-a-mole. You're not not going to the root of the problem, and you're purposely avoiding it for almost like sort of an emotional, psychological reason. But honestly, even when the FBI is trying to catch like a serial killer or something, the first thing they try to figure out is the motivation because they Mm -hmm. want to be able to understand. Uh, the opponent, and they want to be able to, you know, predict their their moves, and also being able to, you know, locate and find them, and identify what they're dealing with. And I think that a lot of times, if you try to identify what you're dealing with here, which is the intelligent thing to do, you just get overruled by, you know, like you said, the name calling, and questioning of your motivation, right. or just, you know, all, all sorts of things. But that's just, that's not the that wasn't the intelligent approach in the 1990s. a crime. It led to a gigantic over-incarceration problem. That's a and really good point. And it's not the, it's not the it's not the approach today either. Um, we're not winning. We're not winning this this issue. Right. Like terrorist attacks have forged, particularly since the war in Iraq, like a tremendous increase. And by no metric are we winning <laughs> that with our current policy framework. So I, I don't think anyone should be defending it as if it's you know some great success.
0: Right. It's inter- yeah, it really is interesting, right? Because it's it is an emotional thing. People don't like to say it that way, but that's what it is. It's like pride. It's we- it's it's revenge. It's vengeance. It reminds me a lot of the since you compared it to the kind of criminal justice system and over incarceration, and you know highly punitive way that we deal with everything. Basically, it does kind of remind me of this. This may sound off topic, but it reminds me of the death penalty, right? Which is totally barbaric, I think. In principle, I think it's disgusting, but it also, in terms of, like, how it functions, it's not a deterrent at all. It doesn't serve the function that it's supposed to serve, and it's just a lot of money and a lot of um, pain and a lot of resources that are going into something that doesn't even at all serve to... um, you know rehabilitate anyone obviously or kind of deal with the problems and it doesn't stop other people from committing those crimes
1: right and what happens is it's that one lust. you'll you'll uh will will all become progressive for a little while and shift out of wanting to use the death penalty and then there will be one sensational case and we will make a policy that impacts right Tons of people right. based on this one uh, exception. What would it
0: be? If, what 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 if it was your mother? What if it
1: was your daughter? Your wife? I a, anytime you I, have to I, ask I, yourself.
2: I recall, you
0: know, when you bring that up, I
2: think about um, Jonathan Chait, and he was like, he like tweeted something about the Boston bomber, saying that like I'm against the death penalty, but if it happened in just this one case, right. I'd be okay with it. Right. And then people were attacking him, and he was like, Oh, but I'm a, you know I'm against the death penalty as it is, but if I support it in some hypothetical way, then I'm an evil person. But then that's the problem. The problem is that a lot of Americans say, "Okay, I think there's a lot of problems with this process, but I can really think of that one person who deserved it, so I want to keep it around." Yeah, that's exactly. exactly the problem: is that everyone, everyone has one case that makes them so angry that they're like, "I really wanted it in that respect, so we should at least keep it for that." Which
0: right, which is vigilante. So they're basically it's collective vigilante justice.
1: Yeah, and well, like uh, what was so worrisome for me, or troublesome rather, is like. You brought up already the uh, the super predators, and that was the first thing I thought when uh, Hillary Clinton uh, used the phrase radical Islam. She
0: actually said, just to clarify, and, I, and this is really important, so to give background, right, so basically Donald Trump had said, um, of course he blamed this because we all know what happened. The reason that this happened at all is because if only Obama had actually said radical Islam, clearly all people who were tempted to commit uh, terrorist acts would have stood down and um, thrown their taking take, their arms and throwing them into the riverside or whatever um, uh, what is that I'm down by the riverside The riverside, right um, but so he, he tried to blame this on, on Obama on Obama not using the, the word radical Islam because that's some major litmus test and Obama refused to take the bait right he wouldn't um, use that term but Hillary Clinton actually where we have this she was on Morning Joe and uh, she was asked about kind of uh, the the phraseo- phraseology and she said I've clearly said many many times we face terrorist enemies who use Islam to justify slaughtering innocent people we have to stop them and we will we have to defeat radical jihadist terrorism or radical Islamism whatever you call it it's the same so as you pointed out Gabe she said radical Islamism but um,
1: boom I just missed the is no but at the it, end. what's
0: interesting about that is so Islamism is isn't radical that isn't radical Islamism redundant because isn't Islamism in uh, itself radical? I mean,
2: I mean, it, it's kind of a difficult distinction to make. Um, you could say that Islamism is, like, basically, like, religious... Fundamentalism? Like, basically bringing, bringing the religion into politics, right? right? So, like, you could say that, like, the party that runs Turkey, AKP, which is Erdogan's party, is an Islamist party, but, like, for the most part, until very recently, they didn't necessarily emphasize religion all that much. So it's like, okay, right. I, I almost, you know, and it's a difficult thing to say, but I think that the point you guys are making is that she did actually use this, um, either the phrase or a very close right. phrase to what Obama avoids, right. um, and it felt intentional, right? Because this is someone who totally tests you know, everything when yeah. she brushes her teeth in the morning, yeah. right? She has she plans things out very meticulously, yeah, so she's it like doesn't seem like or, was a gap crest or gap
0: for um, What's the other? Crest or... What, what, what do you Colgate? want? What do, what do, Col- Colgate. Crest yeah. or Colgate. What do you guys use in this <laughs> state? Yeah, exactly. But, but it's, what's interesting is that not only does Obama not use that word, but um, even Bush said there are thousands of Muslims who proudly call themselves Americans, and they know what I know, that the Muslim faith is based upon peace and love and compassion, uh, which is cute because I, I doubt he ever cracked open the, a copy of the Quran. But anyway, at least he, he was kind of more woke on this issue than Hillary, but I find what what Hillary did. Obviously, it's Machiavellian, and that makes me sexist because I'm supposed to pretend that she doesn't ever make any political calculations because she's a woman, I guess.
1: And you're a misogynist. I'm a self loathing well. woman, yeah. Yeah. But
0: you know that Bill and Hillary were in. The, they were like, so, so I'm gonna call it Islamism, and that way I'm, my bases are covered. So. If they say I said radical Islam, I said I did not say that. I said radical Islamism, but I'm also gonna shift towards Trump and end, okay, end scene. And I would just like to interject this word into the into the political discourse. What we just saw Hillary do, letting Trump frame the debate and discourse, that's called a Trump pivot. Trump pivot. Trump pivot.
1: Boom. Boom. Yeah, there it is. You like it? T- get that tattooed on your get body. Get that
0: tattooed. Put that in your hat and smoke it, or. Whatever you do, what is it? Put that in your.
1: It's a pipe. It's a Putting pipe. In a pipe. <laughs> <And puffing.
0: laughs> I was trying to. Yeah. Um. Zed, are you still there, or did you hang up and discuss? Yeah. No, oh, okay. no. 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 I'm telling
1: you. Um, <laughs>
0: he's like, I was just getting a library book out of uh, the library. Um, but what do you think of uh, of of this Trump pivot? Is Hillary already Trump pivoting? And also, I would like us to collectively come up with a term for the opposite. Um. Actually, basically, it's an it's a move that accompanies the Trump pivot in terms of choreography, which is like the Sanders shift, the Sanders slip up, the Sanders slide. When she goes towards Trump and goes away from Sanders, what should we call that? The Sanders shuffle. The Sanders the sorry shuffle. I mean, shuffle? You bad. like it? Okay. The Sanders yeah. shuffle. So she's she's uh, Sanders shuffling and Trump pivoting, but um, and John Kerry, who's the secretary, you know, Secretary of State. He also didn't want to uh, was was loath to use the word uh, Islam, radical Islam. In fact, he did not. So you have um, you have Clinton and Trump closer in their um, in their words. Is that just like is that neoliberalism in a nutshell what we're seeing right now?
2: I mean, it, you know, part of it is like is she pivoting? I mean, I I, I don't know. I guess people define pivoting as. You just just you moving on the political spectrum but it, the motivation doesn't matter because what i would think is like it's not just a matter of her being political and saying okay i want some of trump's supporters it could just be that she believes that you know that's her world view right right um so i don't know if, if is she pivoting or not i mean it seems like she might be in that she's not addressing this towards bernie sanders and his supporters but it may not necessarily be that she's doing it just to try to get transport. It may just be that's her world. So you're saying you know, that they the may actually, about, right? right?
0: I mean, I always say that I could imagine when people say, you know, if Trump were in office, it would, it would be so terrible, and and we we the foreign policy stuff would be so terrible, and she's so experienced. And I always say, well, yeah, that's kind of the problem is her experience in foreign policy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always imagine I could see because of his politics and her politics, I could imagine Trump getting involved in fewer wars. But like totally torturing people, like I—that's kind of how I see it. Um, not making. I, it well, it's
2: interesting. I'm I'm working on like an anthology. It's going to take a while for it to get it done, but I'm working on like a a longer project that like has their history. I'm talking about foreign policy, like everything Trump has said, everything. Clinton oh, interesting. Has said. And um, I think that's probably that you know that may very well be the case. In that I think Trump seems overall to be skeptical of foreign involvement, and right. in that sometimes he's like, okay, yeah, like with the Iraq War, like. When the vote was like right after the vote was happening, right, The vote was happening, he was like, "Okay, I guess we should do it." Like he did, he was very resigned sounding. Like, well, right. he wasn't enthusiastic about it. And, Like almost immediately after the war started, he's like, "This war sucks. I hate this." Like, why right. are we, why are we wasting all this money and stuff? Bush is an idiot, right? Yeah, and and with Clinton, Clinton was like fairly supportive the entire time. Like she just like it seemed like the only time she kind of backed off was for political reasons later, right? Like she didn't, she, she, her heart actually seemed to be fairly into it. Um, it seemed like the part that maybe legitimately bothered it the most is that we couldn't convince more countries to do it with us, which I don't know. I mean, it's not really a real critique of the war. It's just like, well, if only you had more friends doing it, I right. didn't want to be popular. Yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs>
0: if we had done better at the same time, well, outreach, yeah. Invited, sent, time, what prettier you're saying
2: invites I um, noticed that Trump, whether he's running for president, which is right now, or thinking of running for president, or whether he's just like being a private citizen and he gets interviewed he seems to really love the police. Like, he seems to, like, mm. love uh, police, the death penalty. Right. He seems to really like authority and whatever. So it seems to me like, yeah, it may very well be the case that Trump would be less militaristic, but that Trump would, like, have no problem, like, oh, let's just wiretap everyone. Right. You know, wiretapping is great. The police are great. Lock the a FBI lot people asked me people up here. To do something. I'm the, I, I, will, I will give the FBI a blank check. Whatever they want to ask right. me to do, they're the people who know what they're doing. They're strong, you know. But you know, that may very well be the case. On the other hand, you know, Clinton has pretty basically supported every surveillance expansion in American history and she supports the death penalty. Right. But at the same time, you know, she she does support some criminal justice reforms but I don't think he supports any. So like that's true. he'd probably be a little bit worse than her huh? uh, in that respect. I mean that that's presuming that, you know, he doesn't get elected and then immediately resign. Just to say that he was, a, just right. to say that he was one of the people that was elected president, but right. the job is beneath him, and you know he'd rather right. be, you know, selling hotels. You no,
0: know, I, don't, I know. don't. You know, at the end of the day, Anderson, I don't, I don't, I find it tremendously flattering. It's unbelievable, but I don't want to do it.
1: No, I understand Trump. <laughs> I understand him because I transferred to a, a different school in 11th grade, and it was the like fourth day of 11th grade, and we had a we had a, a presidential election for the class, and my friend tapped me on the shoulder and said. Hey, you should run. And there were these like very qualified Clintonian candidates who should have won, but I stood up and was like, no. "Hey, new kid, new ideas. It's going to be great. I got a great year plan for us." And, and I totally won. And I just gave it up like 2 weeks no, later no, cuz it was just I didn't want to wake up early once a week and go to the student government meetings. Oh my
0: god, you are No, aren't... no being
1: being president is hard. Like running's it's fun. It's <laughs> Does Donald Trump won a job
2: that's that difficult and where he like probably get savage daily by like everyone about everything he's doing. He probably doesn't. Oh, I mean, I imagine he he would have a hard time in that job.
0: Yeah, you, you know what's funny when you you made a really good point about how how much of this is a pivot because pivot kind of implies that you're shifting away from your normal orientation, right? But I do think that the reason i say trump pivoting is because i think that hillary her style her look really is to use the language and discourse of liberals right and mm-hmm. um even sometimes of the left or kind of populisty, right um but but then have a neoliberal agenda so i guess to me this almost seems like anti-clintonian because she's using trump's language um and going to in other words, she's not hiding behind the kind of more woke language uh, that she usually uses to cover up her hawkishness or her neoliberalism. So I think I agree with what you're saying in that I don't think that they're that different in their foreign policy stuff. But I guess I this I thought was more of a symbolic gesture than I thought she would want to give this early towards Trump in terms of language. Like I thought she'd be like, I will not no I will not call them radical this is not about radical Islam, but she basically was like, "Yeah, I'm happy to call it that. Sure, what's up? How you well, doing?" Well, it
2: was interesting. What was interesting to me is that she still is, like using the like diversity and political correctness language, right? Like, saying, "Well, you know, we're strong. to the different and everything." But the thing is, is like it seems it seems in terms of her policy, she's not really like calling for any policy that would like reduce like structural Islamophobia, if you will, like right? Like she's still like in favor of mass surveillance she's still in favor of very you know militaristic foreign policy she's still in favor of like for example the obama administration like they decide to allow uh racial profiling at the border and at airports um like in their in their order to reduce racial profiling they exempted those areas so, like she's not rolling that oh bad, my right? gosh so, i didn't like, know
0: that so they have so they yeah. have now they have jim crow they've like segregated They've created separate but equal spheres where you can racial profile and where you can't. Yeah, I, I just mean, imagine um,
1: do they have like a chart, like a color <laughs> chart of faces and they're yeah. like bad browns. Yeah. Uh suspect browns, uh, a benign browns. Right.
2: No, it was basically one of the post for reforms and they were like, Okay, yeah, racial profiling is really bad. So the Department of Justice put out a new policy on it. And it was basically like, okay, black people don't want us to, like, abuse them anymore. So, okay, we'll do something for them. <laughs> but, like, we got to keep doing it at the border and the airport because, you know, those groups haven't really gotten really mad at us yet. So we'll... Or they don't but, have to But, like, anything, no, there are things she could do, right? They're, if she really, like, cared about uh, structural justice here and Islamophobia, there are policy changes she could make to do that, right? She's not proposed any of those. It seems like she wants to double down on the things that are bad in that area. So what could so, be? You know,
0: what, seems, were, are, what are right. some of the, those solutions, by the way?
2: Well, I mean, I named one: is that they could they could end that exemption, right? right? They could they could do that. The other thing is, like for example, they have a program called Countering Violent Extremism, and CVE? theoretically, it's yes, yeah, CVE, right? And theoretically, it's supposed to be like about countering violent extremism, but basically, it's about Muslims, right? And they just invite Muslims to the White House and tell us like. I, you know how do we how do we work with your community to like stop these extremists and like totally target the Muslims? But they don't like bring in like right wing Christian groups and like you know interrogate them and try to recruit them to like stop Dylan roots and stuff, right? Like they only focus on Muslims. So, like that's another policy you could very easily do is like you could say, hey, if we're gonna have this program, we're gonna apply it equally. We're not just gonna focus on one segment of the community and like we're targeting their backs. Uh, she could reduce you know surveillance. There's a lot of surveillance issues that she could. Reform, and obviously there's a the foreign policy, which she seems to have like no interest in whatsoever in like reorienting around Israel-Palestine, except for orienting to the right. Um, you know, someone you can go on for a while, but like she really hasn't promoted an actual policy framework to tackle this problem. The only she's the very good that friends that has, baby,
0: though she loves BB no,
2: I mean the the big the fig leaf is to say that we love Muslims right. and we like diversity and we're not, we're not about hate. It's entirely like rhetorical which is important. I mean it is right. actually important to, for a leader to say that right. to say that we're not about hate and all that but
0: It's kind
1: of a low it has bar. To be
2: backed by poli- it has to be backed by right. policy, yeah. right? Your right. job is to be a poli- policy
1: implementer. That's know. what the president is, so. You just have to say it. Yeah, I'm all about the thoughts <laughs> and prayers. Exactly, exactly. You got to say it. It's magical yeah. thinking.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I love you. I love adorable Central American children. I think that we do need to send a message to them. They're adorable. I just want to turn you right back around, just just nudge you right back to the border. Go back to Honduras, where um, I helped destabilize that region. You're welcome. Uh, not to brag. Uh, humble brag, NBD, no big deal. But, yeah, uh, I did legitimize the coup ex post facto, so enjoy it. The murder capital of the world, And you're, spe-
1: you're speaking as Hillary Clinton right yeah, now. Yeah, that was,
0: that was me channeling Hillary Clinton, yeah. But Zed, you actually introduced a really interesting uh, thing, which is you talked about how they do outreach to, to uh, Muslim organizations or Muslim figures or leaders, right, to talk about, hey, how do, we, how do we de-radicalize you folks or whatever, they don't do that with Jews and Christians. So mm-hmm. I, I tweeted the other day, and I almost didn't tweet this because I thought it was so sanctimonious, and, and it kind of gave me, like, I, I almost cringed at myself, but something like um, Muslim and LGBT identities are not mutually exclusive. And I got so much crap on Twitter from not just from uh, the Christian Islamophobes on the right, which I kind of expected, but also from these annoying... I forgot how annoying I... Sometimes I, I as an atheist, I want to come out, you know, do not say that I'd never said anything. I am coming out and repudiating the actions of atheists, the really obnoxious ones, the ones who tell you that they're an atheist. Like,
2: Yeah, I mean, I was was joking the other day that... uh, uh, there's actually like a thermometer that Pew publishes where it's like, how do Americans feel about different religions' oh, backgrounds? Oh right, yeah, I saw that. And uh-huh. um, atheists are like right above Muslims, right? Like one degree or something.
1: Oh, I wow. saw, I yeah. saw like, that. Like, hey,
2: I was joking that like Richard Dawkins, you know, if he works hard enough, he'll get Muslims above atheists. So
1: yeah, um, I
2: agree. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll move on up a little bit.
0: But what do you have to say to that argument about? I mean, because there's 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 nuance there, right? I mean look i'm i'm someone who's always talking about israel and how you know you don't have to have terrorism when you have state sanctioned violence right like who you don't really need terrorism and and still there there're israeli terrorists here and, uh, here and there terrorists. but of course it's more sort of a structural thing right institutionalized violence what do you think what is the truth about like um is there any difference at all is there in other words i feel like sometimes i bend over backwards to sound like very Politically correct, and say, "Oh no, it's not about one group or another." But I don't know. Just I, I, will just leave it and just educate me. Make me, make me uh, woke about about the nuances. Because sometimes I feel like people. Yeah, sorry.
2: But I, I am trying to understand. So, are you saying? Are you asking if like there are differences with respect to how groups like approach terrorism?
0: No, I'm more saying like, uh, so I there's a couple things one is that people like to talk about gabe's getting a headache right now there's a people like to talk about the text right the book and they're mm-hmm. like oh islam says xyz so it's really inherently more violent and it's like well okay but the old testament also says that it's uh you can get executed if you have sex with a woman who has her period um you're welcome uh yeah, that's the true. two following uh, religions yeah. but um it's clearly not a, 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 like a text thing, right? It's not about the actual rituals or the rules of, of the three religions. Um, is there a difference between, I mean, and then you have, you know, you have abortion, anti-choice people blowing stuff up. So is it just really like there's there's fundamentalism, it comes in all, all different shapes and forms and colors and sizes, or is there something about certain areas of the world,
2: uh, I mean, there's a number of different questions, so, like...
0: And I'm not a Samuel Huntington so, fan or anything. No, I mean,
2: obviously there are a number of different questions being asked. So, like, yeah. one is I think there's a distinction between religious fundamentalism and terrorism.
1: So, yeah. for example,
2: you could be very super deeply devout and strict and very conservative, but not be at all involved in terrorism. Like an honest person. And you person. can be, like... Yeah, and you can be, like... Almost completely secular and be involved in terrorism, which That's actually totally happens true. to be the like case. Like the weather happens to be the case with like tons and tons of
0: Tamil Tigers, Tamil —Muslim Ka-
2: terrorists. Uh, no, I mean, even the Muslim uh, terrorists, like the people in Paris were very secular right, in their lifestyles. Right, right. Like everyone who knew them said they were extremely secular.
0: Right. So, I just wanted to give a shout know, uh, out to uh, Tamil Tigers because they were early on in suicide bombing. So No,
2: I mean, uh, yeah. no, yeah, very few people know that. I mean, I think like when you ask like my parents, they know that the Tamils, and they're the suicide bombing because they're Pakistani, right? Because that All was right. their subcontinent. Um, but now, very few people know that, and they're atheists. Um, but yeah, no, I think that, look, I think that a lot of the people who, who, who commit terrorism tend to be, like, young men. Like, right. that's probably, like, 95%. Of, like, who commit terrorism tend to be young men. Young men are, are they tend to have the energy to do it. They're angry. They're often misdirected. Stamina. And, like, you know, and you can fall into all sorts of ideologies and, and, and direct the anger, whether it be Islamism or a secular ideology. Or, you know, something in between. Um, and with respect to how—and reli- the fundamentalism question is a different question, because I think that, yeah, I do think that there that there is really um, harsh religious fundamentalism in parts—in in some Muslim-majority countries. Um, I don't think that often manifests itself in terrorism or violence. Like, often it doesn't at all. Like, okay. it manifests itself in very different ways, like a very different sexual mores or family structure, that sort of thing. And I think that's I think that is a legitimate issue um, to be discussed. But I think you should just separate that from terrorism because not, most for the most part that's not really a threat to like the United States right. or the West or anything. Right. That's more of an internal issue, right. like an internal like you see like you can read like things that happen in Iran. Like there's a real push by younger Iranians for more social freedom, right? Yeah. And there's a very there's often a harsh pushback from older Iranians or people in regime or clerics against that, right? But I think that's primarily internal to Iran. It's primarily not really all that violent, or it's not terroristic, but it is sort of an issue that's unique to maybe, like, Iran's interpretation of religion and something that maybe you wouldn't see happening in the United States, right? Mm -hmm. I think that is a legitimate issue, but I think people just need to understand that doesn't mean it's like a unique threat to their lives or anything, right? Right. It's just just a matter of religious evolution and struggle and pushback that has happened in many societies over many years, I think.
0: And, you know, it's really fascinating because when you were talking about how there's a lot of secular people who like the people in France what's kind of uh ironic is that you know so many uh, Islamophobes and people who are ignorant about Islam they conflate everything together right so you're like you're muslim you're arab they don't know that they're arabs who aren't muslim they don't know that they're muslims who aren't arab and everything but this muslim identity which in theory is a religious one becomes kind of a cultural one right because
2: well, you know, there's a great satirical film called uh, Four Lions. And I don't know if you, you guys – have you seen that movie? No,
0: but we should do it. It's would, on
2: my I would highly list. recommend. Cool. Yeah, highly recommend everyone and everyone listening to watch the movie because I think that movie portrays it probably more accurately than, like, any other movie in that you have, like, a group of Muslims uh, who are Muslim, but some of them want to commit terrorism and they're, like, a group of friends. And you, you'll, you'll see how their level of religiosity really does not correspond to, like, who wants to actually do that and who doesn't. Right. And a lot of it is because they have an identity that transcends religion. And to some people, it's cultural or ethno-nationalist. Um, and uh, you see how, like, British people treat them. They kind of assume that the most religious among them are the ones who, like, really want to go blow stuff up. But it's not, not necessarily the case. And we've seen that in, I think, many of these terrorist events. I mean, the, the, well, young, the man come... in Orlando didn't, didn't seem all that religious to me either from reading right. about him. but right.
0: Well, make, we would love to have you back on. Can you come into New York City? We'll just come in. You don't have to do it just for this. Next time you're here, make sure you do come into sure. the studio. Call again. We'll have even better technology. We won't have people having, like, um, uh, you know, Quaker meetings outside, except Quaker meetings aren't noisy, so that doesn't work. Whatever. Revival meetings outside. Um, and, again, Zed Jelani, thank you so much. You guys can find him at The Intercept. Such a great, such a great, great, great journalist. So happy to have him here. And I'm Katie Halper. I'm here with Gabe Pacheco and Reggie Johnson. We're here every Wednesday, 6 p.m., Camille LeBlanc. And um, check us out on iTunes, on WBAI. And also, uh, Gabe has a show Wednesdays, a uh, very funny show called Funhouse Comedy.
1: 10 p.m. It's, a, it's at Pete's Candy Store here yeah. in Williamsburg. And we'll
0: see you next week. Okay. Thanks so much. Bye. <laughs> Please enjoy the following outtakes. And Gabe, you have some insights into this that I want to make sure you you get to. But
1: I'm so excited that you gave me this opportunity because yeah. you know I just I finally read Think and Grow Rich, oh, and nice. I, I finally read uh, what's the other one that I read The Secret, and uh, you know whenever I hear thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, y- you gotta the thoughts are what's really important. Right. You know you got to be positive, and if you put positive thoughts out there, they will manifest into a positive reality. And so I get it if we all just think about not being violent. Mm. Um, that will that'll happen mm. there's no reason that we have to implement mm. policies or uh, any sort of gun control we just have to pray it out right. of existence
0: pray it out of the system
1: and if we pray, pray it out the of the system, away um maybe we can even drift more into a libertarian society and and i can see us praying uh like possible mandated professional developments for elementary school teachers where they have to learn how to use firearms mm. to protect their classes I can see us praying into existence metal detectors at all churches. Ooh, I like that. That'd it. be great too. What about
0: mosques and synagogues? Why uh, are you, you know, be so? Uh, I'm all inclusive okay, with good.
1: that. Uh, Unitarian churches Got too. Hindu temples. Hindu temples and uh, oh, what what else? I was thinking about like um, we could pray into existence maybe like armed security cameras. We'll put some machine gun turrets on Ooh, the cameras. Like so this. when they pivot and turn, we don't even have to have a real person in there. If someone comes into the room that looks like they're gonna cause a problem, boom.
0: I like it. So, can they racially profile these these uh, security camera weapons? If we
1: pray hard enough.
0: <laughs> we pray hard enough. Okay, Th- this has been Gabe's um, uh, self-help spin of the news. Basically, this is this is Gabe's alternative to actually passing any laws that'll address any problems or making any systemic changes. And uh, I like this. I like this plan.
1: Look, I'm all about positive thinking. He's
0: a, it's a para positive, and, 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 and
1: it's an American tradition.
0: It, that it is. Thank you. Wow. We need a sign. We need like a the more, you know, Reggie laugh into the mic. So so that I just want you to know that we have a tradition on the show that my co-hosts, Gabe and engineer Reggie, they laugh, but they like stifle their laughter, which is the exact opposite of what you'd expect on a radio show. I, I
1: may or may not be getting dark money uh, funds from the Cato Institute and the Koch brothers for this last segment. So, yeah,
0: unclear. We're also joined by uh, in studio. The silent, the fox, the stealth fox. I'm not objectifying you. I'm just trying to say that you're, like, sneaky because no one knows you're here. Um, my imaginary friend, slash, Camille LeBlanc. Anyway, we're so happy to be here. It's <laughs> We're, of course, joined by a creaky door. We love that ambient noise that o- you can only get at a place like WBI.
1: The artisanal radio station. The artisanal
0: mom-and-pop radio station. Um, well, hold on one second. Guys, the can, is there a Boy Scouts meeting that's taking place right outside the door? I love I like the thing I like about WBI is that it's so homey and family style that, you know, could you could have like <laughs> the very uh, you could have people who work at WBI doing it. It's like, you know, why not? I work at WBI. I, I know how radio works. I know the, how thin the walls are. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to have a meeting right outside. Because it's
1: like a radio show about what is it? Laugh into the mic. Laugh into artisanal. the mic. It's artisanal. You said it's artisanal. Now, artisanal
0: is, it, um, implies like some mm-hmm. level of um, – it's, it's usually expensive um there's some investment into it well you it's know what now
1: considered expensive due to um gentrification de- exactly which is something
0: that has not happened here e- exactly. it's like room.
1: i like my vanilla ice cream where you can't see the vanilla bean mm. but some people they want to see the vanilla bean right. in the ice cream and i just think that's that's sh- uh shoddy uh, worksmanship like right. they, haven't, right. they haven't produced it the whole way
0: right i i feel you i yeah. gotcha so again we just like showing you all the warts warts and all we have a lot of
1: that's what that's what the charm is. That's the for charm. The show.
0: People have said, you know, Katie Halper, I love your show. I love, I love you. I love your co-host Gabe Pacheco. I love the engineer Reggie Johnson, and I love it. I love the warts.
1: So bring out the warts. Tell me this. Uh, yes. We got Benjamin, Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin. Then
0: this is a really good one. Ready? We yeah. got the Boy Scouts. Then we got Rembrandt's painting Danai or Danai. and uh, now we're talking 1985, recent history, is attacked by a man later judged insane. Who throws sulfuric acid on the canvas oh, and cuts it twice right. with a knife? That's
1: right, I remember this. And
0: oh, and thank you for holding a conference call right outside the studio. Um, <laughs> I hope you guys could hear that. I'm just get—we're just taking down the fourth wall as usual. Remember to donate. Are we still doing a drive, by the way, Reggie? No, no, not officially. Okay.
1: But you guys well, can, can always go to give2wbai.org. Yeah, and, dot yeah, and do At your favorite—and you can do your favorite show. Piece
0: that's you right favorite show choose the katie helper show you have to donate the amount of money first then ask you if you want to be thanked on air and right. what d- show you want to donate under you choose katie helper and then if you do 25 dollars or more i'm going to give you i'm going to throw down i'm going to throw in there a an exclusive video from our uh, live show with um chapo trap house oh, and ranya kalak yeah. really good video
1: not right. super predator, right? Which is a Hillary Rodham Clinton Hit. term. That's it's a one, one of her, her hits, hits, yeah. But just predator. See, just predator. he did it too.
0: He did what too? W-
1: at, you know, mentionings of other things. Like oh. I was talking about <laughs> terrorism. Oh yeah, we all do. That. No, we all do that. Yeah. Oh, we yeah, all do. And, so. and about these we're gonna non-sequiturs. actually,
0: yeah, non sequiturs. That it's it basically the word, it's the Katie Halper Katie Halper show. Non- warts and non sequiturs. I like that. Yeah. Someone told me to go with that title. I shouldn't have rejected it. Zed Jelani, and again uh, he used to work at think Progress and some of you may know that think Progress is um, the blog uh, from Center for American Progress, which is the think tank. Nira Tandon. Hi Neera, I'm assuming you're listening. Nira Tandon uh, and I have a kind of intense online relationship. Uh, she kind of it's kind of petered out but there is a lot of stuff going on um, between me and her on not so much on Twitter but on Facebook. Um, anyway, but we're going to be going over the...